happy Thursday to all you guys. I'm John Rawl, and this is y'all, and we're back here on this Thursday to give you several hours of Southern conversation. What's going on news-wise, entertainment-wise? We also have a report today on some of the great festivals going on across the Southeast this weekend. So get ready to get your pen and paper out and jot down all kind of fun stuff as we're back here in the saddle on this Thursday on this program powered by y'all.com. Hope y'all are doing well. Coming up in our news headlines today, we're going to tell you a little bit about how there is a new storm out there in the Atlantic. The hurricane is now called Nigel and it's heading toward Bermuda right now. We've got a look at the tropics. We'll fill you in on that. Plus, in Memphis, nine deputies charged in the death of a man who died in the jail there at, uh, what is it, 201 Poplar in downtown Memphis. That's sad when you know that address. Of course, that address made famous if you've never lived in the Mid-South because of all of the crime shows. What is it, the uh, 48 Hours type deal where they have all the homicides, investigations, and they often have Memphis featured. So, yeah, if you... Uh, another 48... What is that show? I've, I've seen it a thousand times. Anyway, y'all know what I'm talking about. Memphis, once again, in the news for not the best of reasons. We'll tell you why. Also in our headlines, a little bit more positive news. The first private U.S. passenger rail line has opened up in over 100 years. And it's connecting some important Florida cities. So you can now ride the rails in a way that hasn't been done in a century a private rail line in florida we'll tell you about that plus some news out of the state of texas speaking of fun and adventure in texas a water park there named the best in the entire world oh right before we hit october you're telling me that i need to go to texas and enjoy a water park i will tell you where that is when we have our headlines across the southeast today's so also in our headlines, we've had plenty of vandalized and removed and destroyed statues in the last few years here in the Southeast, primarily Confederate statues, but we've seen other historical statues taken down or damaged. We may have reached a new low, y'all, because in Louisiana, they're searching for a suspect right now for somebody who vandalized on a school campus. It's Jesus statue. That's right. Jesus's statue has been decapitated in Louisiana. I'll tell you about it. Plus, in the state of Tennessee, a mayoral candidate in the city of Franklin is now coming out on social media and admitting that 30 years ago she was charged for promoting prostitution. We'll give you the latest on Gabrielle Hansen and why she's coming out 30 years later revealing this in her effort to be the the mayor of this great middle Tennessee town of Franklin. <laughs> That's coming up in our headlines across the southeast today. Plus, also out of the state of Tennessee in East Tennessee, Oliver Anthony, the North Carolina slash Virginia singer. <laughs> he's in the news. He, he just can't get this thing right. So he's trying to perform a concert in Knoxville. And for the third time now, he's had to go and change the venue. I'll tell you where Mr. Richmond, north of Richmond, is going to perform now and what led to the change. It's a Kodak moment for this guy who has had the number one song on the chart and he never had been a singer before in his life. 
It's truly an extraordinary story. But right now, he's just trying to get a concert booked and, and performed and get out of Knoxville. We'll fill you in on that. Plus, speaking of celebrity news, we've got a lot of celebs in the news that we'll tell you about. We recently told you on the show about Lana Del Rey. She's the singer that was down in Muscle Shoals not long ago recording. And while she was there, she decided to go over to the Waffle House around Tuscumbia and work a shift. And now she's telling the story behind why she got behind the counter and worked at a Alabama Waffle House. Lana Del Rey will tell you that story. Plus, speaking of people working behind the counter, Mark Wahlberg. That's right, the great actor that you've seen in all those movies like Sniper and so many more. Talented guy. Mark Wahlberg was just in Clemson, South Carolina, not to go to a ball game, but he was there working. He was working behind the counter. And we'll tell you how he stopped by the Rick Irwin Steakhouse in downtown Clemson to check out his Fletcher Azul Tequila, which is sold there. He's a principal investor in that tequila, but he was looking mighty dapper in Clemson, and he took a lot of selfies, but he got behind the bar of Rick Irwin's in Clemson, and we'll tell you about Mark Wahlberg's experience in the upstate of South Carolina there in Tigertown. All that in our news headlines across the southeast today, plus we also have coming up in this opening hour of the program our buddy Kiefer Ingalls is going to be back on with his pigskin prognostications. We've got another weekend of college football that's arriving, and we will have Kiefer drop by with his glance at some of the big games. And I've got to ask him the question. Hopefully he's not listening right now. I want to know, Kiefer, is Florida State back? They got Speaking of Clemson, they got a big, big game in Death Valley this weekend against the Tigers. And we'll find out how FSU really is because they've already knocked off the other Death Valley Tigers. That would be LSU in the opening week. And now their ACC opener, I think this is FSU's ACC opener, now going to go to Clemson with a battle against the Tigers of Dabo Sweeney. We'll find out his take on that matchup. Plus, you got Mississippi and Alabama getting together at Bryant-Denny Stadium on Saturday. That's going to be a big game. I won't say are either one of those teams back. But, but I, might, I, might, I might ask him. I'll tell you what. If the fighting Lane Kiffins pull out a victory, look out. The Landshark Express might be just biting at the uh, bit for fans there in Oxford. So we'll tell you about those two matchups and all the other big games going on across college football when Kiefer is back with his pigskin prognostications. And that's coming up in just a handful of minutes. Before hour number one is in the books, We'll have hashtag hullabaloo, and we'll have some fun talking about storms in the South. Plus, we'll tell you about the southern border with Mexico and the problems going on there. People talking about it on social media, and we'll talk about it right here on the Y'all Show before our first hour has concluded. Hour two today, we'll have our country music news and notes. Sadly, it came out just on Tuesday, I think it was. The Oak Ridge Boys have announced their farewell tour. And I'm going to tell you some of the great stops that you can see the the oaks before they hang it up. In fact, this weekend, they're going to be in Huntington, Tennessee. And uh, I don't know what y'all are doing, but it's a free concert. How about that? A chance to see the Oak Ridge Boys on their farewell farewell tour. Absolutely free in Carroll County in West Tennessee. That sounds awesome. 
And as sad as it is to see the Oak Ridge boys ride off into the sunset, I'm rather happy about somebody else who's decided to ride off into the sunset. And that would be Marin Morris. Over the weekend, the lady behind my church and a few other hits decided that country music wasn't woke enough for her, and she's going to leave it. And I say, see ya. We'll tell you. I'll tell you about Morgan, not Morgan Wallet, Marin Morris. That's sad. I'm sorry if I confused the two. There's a big difference between Morgan Wallen and Marin Morris. But Marin is who I'm talking about. And the Texas singer has decided she's too good for country music. So don't let the door hit you, Marin Morris. We'll have all that in our Nashville Music Line report coming up in hour two. Plus, we got food on our mind, and we're going to talk about smothered chicken. Oh, going to be delicious. We've got iHeartRecipes.com's Southern Southern Smothered Chicken. Yummy. That's coming up in hour two. We'll break it all down, how you can make that. And before we get out of here today in hour number three, in addition to the headlines of the Southeast, we've got to look at all the great festivals going on in Dixie this weekend. And boy, do we have some good ones. We finally, I, I was a little bit early last week telling you about the Mississippi Songwriters Festival going on in Ocean Springs this weekend. But it is indeed happening this weekend. People like Steve Azar will be there, as well as William Michael Morgan, who's had a hit or two in country music. It's all part of the Mississippi Songwriters Festival. It's this weekend on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. You also have the Pumpkin Festival in Dripping Springs, Texas. Did you realize that's the wedding capital of Texas? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you about it when we get to our festivals across the southeast here in our report today. we got the Beach Music Festival going on at Emerald Isle, North Carolina this weekend. And also we've got the Sugar Cane Festival going on in New Iberia, Louisiana this weekend. Don't want to let you forget about what's going on with the soon-to-be 99-year-old, and we hope he can make it. Jimmy Carter's hometown of Plains this weekend is going to have the Plains Peanut Festival as the president's birthday is October 1st. I guess that might be one of the reasons they've got this peanut festival this time of year. But indeed, this festival going on in Plains, Georgia this weekend. We also have going on in the great state of Tennessee this weekend. you got a great festival, the 9th Jackson International Food and Art Festival at Fairgrounds Park in Jackson in West Tennessee. That's going on this weekend. All that, plus the Heart of Ozark Bluegrass Association's Bluegrass Festival in Porter Wagner's hometown of West Plains, Missouri. That's this weekend. We're going to tell you all about these and more of the details and some of the fun when we get to our special spot. I'm even going to tell you about Burgoo when we get to our festival conversation in our final hour. All that is ahead here on y'all. Let's dive into some of the news headlines of the day. And the story from the tropics is Hurricane Nigel. And that is churning now in the Atlantic coast. Forecasters are warning of the dangerous swells and rip currents as Nigel is in the open waters of the North Atlantic right now. It's a Category 1 hurricane. And it's about 500 miles southeast of Newfoundland. So it is affecting Bermuda at the current time. The National Hurricane Center in Miami said Nigel has likely reached peak intensity and is expected to start weakening as it moves into cooler waters and hits other areas where it's going to weaken. That's good news. So, yes, it's out there. Right now, if you look at it on the map, it's kind of due east of the Carolinas. Between the Carolinas and Bermuda, it looks like 
but this category one appears to be going to be northbound and not necessarily affecting the southeast and I'm already seeing where there is something on the forecasters radar where they're keeping an eye on something developing here in the next 24-48 hours all these stories of course will keep you up to date here on the y'all show to Texas and the impeachment trial of Ken Paxton wrapped up over the weekend he was the attorney general of Texas who's now back in that job after he was found or he was acquitted in the Texas State Senate the attorney general is now coming out firing his guns as Paxton is attacking his Republican rivals after he's been acquitted on corruption charges the impeachment trial wrapping up over the weekend Paxton did not discuss accusations that he misused his office to protect a political donor but he's now not holding back he's kind of been quiet this is a guy if you followed Fox News especially was on there quite a bit over the last few years he's been a Trump acolyte and now in an interview that he's done with former Fox News host Tucker Carlson he's calling out his fellow Republicans saying his career is far from over so we'll find out what this guy in the state of Texas the attorney general now back in office after being suspended following his impeachment what kind of vengeance he's going to have there in the Lone Star State in the Volunteer State an update out of the state of Memphis so a man died in the Memphis jail and now multiple Shelby County Sheriff's deputies who work in the jail at least are now being being charged charged in the death of Gershon Freeman in the Bluff City of Memphis now Memphis of course has been in the news this year with the death of the man where multiple Memphis police officers have now been indicted on his death and now we've got the Memphis or Shelby County Sheriff's Department with nine deputies charged in the death of this man who was beaten in the Memphis jail 33 year old Jershon Freeman was beaten according to Shelby County Sheriff Floyd Bonner Freeman beaten and then Bonner disclosed the existence of the indictments during a Wednesday news conference in Memphis but nine jail deputies have been arrested after this man had a psychotic episode and died in custody back in the fall of 2022 and according to reports the jailers there in Memphis punched, kicked and kneeled on his back during this confrontation and these deputies now facing a whole bunch of legal problems going forward a new passenger train is going to run between Miami and Orlando the neat thing about this high speed train is it's privately owned and it's going to offer a great service to people between these two Florida cities it's called Florida's Bright Line and it's going to run trains between Miami and Orlando trains that will reach speeds of 125 miles per hour the owner of this Florida Bright Line Rail is Fortress Investment Group and they put $5 billion into this effort and they're hoping to have 8 million people take this 3.5 hour 235 mile trip between the biggest tourist hubs of the Sunshine State. This is a great idea. 
Remember, a lot of people come into places like Orlando from all over the world. A lot of these people don't have their own cars. They're not used to getting around except on mass transit. And so I guess there's not a Amtrak line that runs between Orlando and Miami. And that's the reason that this bright line was created. The company for a single round trip is going to be $158 round trip. That's, I think, very reasonable. And if you want the first class experience on this train, it's going to cost you just about $300. I think it's a great thing. And how would you like to come from somewhere overseas to Central Florida to go to Disney World for a few days and then say, all right, well, this was fun. But let's go down to Miami and hang out on the beach for a few days. Well, now you don't have to rent a car. Now you don't have to worry about flying. You can just get on this train for a couple hundred dollars and head on down to Miami. I think it's a great idea. I wish them all the best. I'm a fan of anything that helps people with ease get around the country and get around the southeast. So good luck with this service a private i love this it's a privately owned high-speed passenger train service that you can find now in the state of florida one other business item to tell you about hyundai has a plant that they're trying to get started in coastal georgia and an executive with hyundai said that the company is trying to get their electric vehicle and battery production plant going as soon as possible at their coastal georgia plant it's a 7.6 billion dollar plant and they're trying to get it going as quickly as possible because there's a deadline. And there's a deadline and there's a law that will reward domestic electric vehicle production. That's why they're trying to get this thing done. As President Biden has a massive federal law that gives a tax credit that saves EV buyers up to $7,500 but only on cars made in North America with domestic batteries. And this is part of a special thing, again, to get people heading toward electric cars. And now in Georgia, at this new plant they're building, you got this plant here being built. You got the plants in Kentucky and Tennessee as well being built for electric vehicles. And if, if they don't hurry up and get them built, they may not be able to help people get that savings. And so Hyundai rushing to get this one built in the state of Georgia. And an entertainment story to tell you about as we wrap up our headlines here for the opening hour of today's y'all show. If you were planning on seeing Oliver Anthony in Knoxville, well, guess what? The singer-songwriter has had another venue change. He was originally going to perform at a place in downtown Knoxville, but got mad at them because of the ticket prices they were charging. And so he had to move out of that place and he decided to leave Cotton Eye Joe for the September 27th performance and move over to the Knoxville Convention Center where he had to change the dates. So he was performing at the Knoxville Convention Center September 29th. Guess what? That wasn't going to be big enough. So the man behind the song, Rich Men North of Richmond, has a new venue and he's going to be performing now September 28th, which is going to be one week from today. He'll be at the Smokies Stadium, which is in Kodak, Tennessee, in Sevier County. And he's going to perform at the 6,000-seat Smokies Stadium, where the Tennessee Smokies play baseball, the Chicago Cubs AA affiliate. 
And he's got this performance now at the 6,000-seat Smokies Stadium on Thursday of next week. And he had to do it, again, because of the high demand for tickets and all the other drama that's happened. Oliver on Facebook said, I was blown away at the demand for the Knoxville, Tennessee show. Y'all sold out the entire convention center in two hours. Now, he's got it. Another concert as he shifted it from the convention center to Smokies Stadium. It's going to start at 7.30 on Thursday the 28th. Gates open at 5.30. If you want to see this phenomenon who made history debuting at number one on the Billboard charts without previously having a song ever on Billboard. Oliver Anthony, and you can go here, Richmond, north of Richmond. You know, you'd think if you'd pay money and go see him in concert, he darn sure better play that song more than once. What do y'all think? <laughs> he's now a rich man north of Walhalla, I guess. I don't know where he's, what's, what he's doing if he's making money. He's kind of an odd dude, in my opinion. But he's got a lot of fans. I mean, 6,000 people, it looked like, are going to go over to the Smoky Stadium a week from today to check out this guy with his brand-new stardom, Oliver Anthony. And that wraps up some of our headlines. we got a lot more stuff to pass along as we go forward on this Thursday, y'all show. When we come back, we're going to get you ready for the weekend of college football as Kiefer Ingles, the pigskin prognosticator himself, is going to be back on the show And we'll break it all down with you when the Y'all Show gets right back. Tomahawk Chopping right here in the studio. We're right here on the Y'all Show. we got Kiefer Ingalls back with us. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. Hello. How are you? Man, I'm doing good. You look natural doing that Tomahawk Chop. It's because my Braves are, you know. Your Braves. They're doing good. Do you know why the Tomahawk Chop exists in Atlanta for the Braves? Uh, I'm not sure which tribe it is, but there's a tribe of Indians pretty closely affiliated with the brace. How about the tribe of Indian called Prime Time? The Prime Time? Oh, he brought it, huh? He brought it when he started playing with the Braves in the early 90s. No, I didn't know that. Of course you didn't know it. That's why you... Well, mostly because I wasn't born in the early 90s. Yeah, well, you should have been around. I've actually just recently discovered how great of an athlete Prime Time was. You ought to go watch him play for the Braves. So, I've watched a ton of Prime highlights over the last month or so. And, I mean, I really didn't know how just dominant and great he was mm-hmm. it's pretty wild well look if you're not familiar if you're like Kiefer and you've been under a rock and you were under that rock in 1991 <laughs> Deion Sanders is who we're talking about he played for both the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Braves yeah scored a touchdown hit a home run the same day did he really 20, same 24 hour period okay 
Well, I, only player know, to ever do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know the Braves, and you know, back in the '90s they were coming about. The the Falcons not so much, but yeah, because of his arrival in Atlanta and the fact that Florida State had been having that tomahawk chop for a while, they brought the. And then the Braves found success, and so there was a song. I wish I could find it. It was called Tomahawk Chopping. It started Tomahawk Chopping. being played on radio stations around the southeast during that. Not the year they got to the World Series, but when they started to get better and the and the fans had the chop going. That's uh, The Tomahawk Chop has its direct correlation to Dion. Now I like Sanders, it even more. Or should we call him Coach Sanders? We'll talk about the Buffaloes in a minute. They got a big game this weekend. Indeed. Against Oregon. But let's talk about Florida State. So, my question to you, Kiefer Ingles, the pigskin prognosticator. FSU's got a trip to Clemson this weekend, taking on Clemson. Is is Florida State back? See, I don't know. They played, had a game last week versus Boston College. Um, And it was very close, very close game. And Boston College is arguably one of the worst teams in the FBS. Um, I mean, for the game to be that close. Which barely beat an FCS team. Right. This year. Yes. Okay. They're so. not. They're not very. They're not great at all. And Florida State really struggled. Um, they had. I think they only scored thirty-one points. They had thirty-one points a minute into the second half. So second half, they just completely. I don't know if they gave up. You know, they were up by so much that they stopped. I don't know. But they let Boston College get back in the game. Clemson's got a huge chip on their shoulder. Um, whether or not they can back that up or not is really the big question. I mean, they haven't looked that great all year either. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that winds up. But I like Florida State in that game. Yeah, in their first half game a couple weeks ago against, I think, Charleston Southern, Clemson really didn't blow them out of the Well, it was water. it was only a seven-point game at halftime. Was it really? Which is unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> that should never, ever, ever happen. And, and I've followed Charleston Southern, and the Bucks of today are not what they were back when Jamie Chadwell was Chadwell, coaching them. Chadwell, baby. Jamie Chadwell. Now, is he at Liberty? I think he is. He got hired at Liberty because Hugh Freeze took I'm off. I'm pretty sure. Jamie Chadwell, of course, famous the last few years, leading the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina. Yep. I'm pretty sure he yep. went to Liberty. Liberty. Yep. And I haven't heard from Liberty this year. I want to say they're undefeated. They, they they're Obviously, they don't have the, the juice like they had last year. Um, but Auburn doesn't either. Ah, you're down on the Tigers? I mean, they, they haven't looked that great. They really haven't looked that great this year. They they had a you know a struggle fest against Cal. Cal is, it's Cal, man. Like come on. Speaking of those Chanticleers, they got a game on this Thursday. Georgia State will be at Brooks Stadium in Conway on yeah. your ESPN primetime game. Some of your games on Saturday include NC State, or rather on Friday night. Friday night lights college football. You got NC State and Virginia getting together in a Big Ten battle with Wisconsin and Purdue. Now we come to Saturday. And we said ABC is going to have this Clemson-Florida State game from Death Valley, Clemson, South Carolina. It's going to be a noon Eastern, 11 o'clock kick as the Tigers run down the hill to take on the number four Florida State Seminole. So you're not telling us that Florida State's back. You're still juries out on Coach Norvell. I mean, I mean they're back compared to where they were five years ago. I mean, five years ago they were horrible. Probably won four games. But, hmm. I, I mean, they're, they're going to – they're going to make a run for it. They made a run for it last year. I think they won ten games last year, um, so they're they're doing pretty well. This this Saturday for college football is arguably one of the best you'll ever see matchups wise. I don't think so. You don't think Auburn so. Auburn and Texas A and M. Speaking of Hugh Freeze, he's got his Tigers going into Kyle Field. What do you think about this one? 
the jury's still out on both these teams. I mean, Auburn, they, like I said, they struggled against Cal early. Texas A&M, you know, lost to Miami. Miami's, <laughs> they weren't really supposed to be that good. They lost MTSU last season. Had a lot of, you know, embarrassing losses last season. Um, but Texas A&M lost to Miami. I mean, the age-old question is, when is Jimbo going to get fired? Is he going to get paid the buyout? That's pretty much all anybody talks about when they talk about A&M, but it's probably warranted because they are not that great. Well, if Auburn goes in there, they'll be talking about it a lot more. Oh, if Auburn goes in there and gets a victory, that's all people are going to Who's Auburn's about. quarterback right now? Uh, Robbie Ashford, I believe. There you go. All right, I don't know. Don't don't look at me. You're the pigskin <laughs> yeah, Robbie Ashford. Okay, where did he come from? Is he a transfer? He was there last year. Was he, he played last year. Uh, shorter guy, but pretty athletic and decent quarterback. He ripped up Ole Miss for a good amount. So I know where Auburn's former quarterback is. That would be Bo Nix. He's coaching, or not coaching, he's well, he coaching, coaching on the field. <laughs> he should be coaching. <laughs> the Oregon Ducks have Colorado coming in to Alton Stadium this weekend. That's your game after the Clemson FSU game on ABC. That's your mid-afternoon Pac-12 battle there. Also in the South, Vanderbilt. They're going to try to make it two years in a row. they got Kentucky coming in to First Bank Stadium on the west end of Nashville. Yes, I mean, I could see this being a pretty decent game. Vanderbilt's had some some flashes of greatness this year, or some flashes of good. I don't know about greatness, but flashes of good. Kentucky's the same. Um, could see it being a pretty close game. I'm not sure if I can really pick a winner there. Kentucky's been up and down this year. Vanderbilt is the same as well, so looking forward to seeing it, though. Hey, it's the Iron Skillet battle going down this weekend. You, you're laughing. Do you know who that is? No. You don't know the, the Who's battle? Who's Iron Skillet? That's SMU and TCU. Uh, okay, 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 okay. And we got to give mad props to SMU. I mean, talk about a school that was about to get the death penalty again, not for violations, just for being SMU. Yes. And now they are arguably in the second best spot in Texas for their future. I agree. Being in the ACC. Yeah. And they but raised. Did you ever think that would happen? No. But did you hear about them raising $100 million in a week? No. Remember, they joined the ACC just two weeks ago, and part of the deal was they're going to have to forego their first nine years, I think, of TV revenue. So to offset that, SMU's boosters raised $100 million in a week so that they won't be feeling the effects of not having that TV revenue. Uh, it's pretty that's impressive. pretty sizable. Yeah, that's why they're in the ACC. Mustangs and their rival from Fort Worth getting together this weekend. You can see that one on Fox Sports 1. How about this one? And I got a text in. I hope it wasn't from you. Hey, it wasn't from me. Okay. I got a text in regarding the next matchup that we're going to talk about. And the texter here has sent us something that says... How do you think the game is going to play out down in Tuscaloosa this weekend? Or do you or or are you think about or what do you think about them rebels and he's got a emoji of a Mississippi flag flying right there. So he's asking about this and and texter, thank you for sending that in. Thank you. And thank you for, for not being Kiefer to send that in. <laughs> Texter is talking about the number 15 Johnny Reb Landshark Black Bears of Mississippi going down to Bryant Denny. The Lane Kiffin coach team is number 15, and Mr. Saban's Crimson Tide ranked number 13. This is your CBS Vern Lundquist special, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central kick from Bryant Denny. What do you think, Kiefer? It's going to be a good game, man. Alabama's down. Ole Miss is hot. 
Um, last week, we saw Alabama really, really, really struggle against the South Florida team a week after, you know, the week after the loss to Texas. A um, little bit of a quarterback controversy down there for them. I know they've named a starter, and obviously after the South Florida game, Milrow is their guy. However, I don't really think that he is, you know, he's not the NFL straight path the NFL quarterback that they've had for the last five, six, seven years. Well, um, Alabama's got problems with their starting quarterback, but they are firmly entrenched in who their backup's going to be. Yes, I mean, As Ty Simpson has been officially named the backup. Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> Makes no sense. Maybe so he doesn't transfer after the year. Who the heck knows? No, maybe after this game. Um, after this game, yeah. But, I mean, Ole Miss, they're playing great. We've got three guys that have been out for injury for the two-lane in the Georgia Tech game. Um, our leading touchdown scorer of the year, Trey Harris. I'm sorry, five. are you part of the team? Huh? You're speaking in, in first person here. Yes, as a fan. So, okay, are you on Lane Kiffin's staff? Are you the reason behind the success? Well, you, have you seen how cool their video edits are on their Twitter? I don't watch that stuff. Well, you would you would kill to know who's behind those. I know who's behind it. It's Mike again. <laughs> He's awesome, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He shouldn't even be there. He should been. He should, I told him before he should be in Hollywood. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So good. He, he's, he's the one that created the season, yeah. which is on ESPN. The episode last night was very good. Oh, you watched it? Yeah. Oh. Way too good for those guys. All right, so you got who you you you. you I mean, the, I really the line's think, Alabama minus six minus six and a half. I I'm not the pigskin prognosticator, but I really feel like Lane Kiffin's team should win this game. They should. Will they? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'd like to see it happen, but got a history of. Uh, I, I, I think Alabama fans probably feel the same way. They do because ticket prices two weeks ago were three hundred and fifty dollars for upper deck seats for Alabama Ole Miss. This morning, current price fifty one. Oh, so I guess you're going to Bryant Denny. If I can talk the wife into it. Have you ever been to a game there? Never. I love it. They got the best deal for visitors. I'm I'm dying to go because their visitor section is right there, right at the goal line, and you're down low. And it's just a great – I love that stadium. I love Tuscaloosa, actually. See, I've, I've – Roll Tide, baby. I've driven through it many times. I've never said those words. Um, <laughs> Come on, however, say it. <laughs> Roll Tide. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> R-O-W is what it sounded See, like. See, that's why I said it. Yeah, okay. Well, that's going to be a good game here for the SEC West. That's your CBS game on Saturday afternoon. Elsewhere in the Southeast – Speaking of teams that can't quite get it together this year, Texas Tech, they're going to be on the road in Morgantown taking on the Mountaineers in a Big 12 battle. What do you think of what's going on? with? Is it just bad luck for the Red Raiders? I mean, you could chalk it up to bad luck if you want, I guess. It's just that, you know, after their bowl victory over the Rebels last year, um, they just haven't been able to string it together. Um, well, they've had some tough opponents. They went on the road to Wyoming, and then I think Oregon came in there and had a battle with them. I believe so. Yeah, the, but I mean, Oregon. Oregon. You're looking at one of the top teams in the country. Well, they uh, lost to them, team. but Red Raider fans aren't used to losing. They're losing, and they got a tough challenge this weekend with West Virginia. There, Tennessee's got UTSA. Will Tennessee be able to bounce back? I mean, they got some things to worry about for sure. Uh, UTSA's no slouch. They've got some great receivers, great quarterback play, great running back play. Um, their defense isn't that great, but well, Tennessee's offense isn't that great. So we'll see. We'll see how that winds up. But Vol fans do not get too comfortable playing some out of conference, you know, lesser than opponent. Yeah, the Roadrunners kind of a up and down season as they beat Texas State. That's that same Texas State team that went in and beat Wallet Baylor. Baylor, yeah, and then they come back and lose to Army last week. <laughs> so I don't know how the Black Knights marched over them, but they sure did. Yeah, that's the game at Neyland Stadium as Tennessee looks to bounce back from that loss at Florida last week. Elsewhere in the South this weekend, 
you got an LSU Arkansas matchup on ESPN. Do you think LSU is going to come back to form after what we've seen them do in the last few weeks at least? I mean, I would think so. LSU's looked great. They look great against Mississippi State. Um, Arkansas, you know, they're up 14 nothing over BYU. Next thing you know, they're losing to BYU. Um, and BYU is not the BYU of the last five years. They are having a definite down year. And uh, Arkansas, man, they just cho- they choked it away last week. It was painful to watch almost. Hmm. The Confusion Bowl goes on this weekend in Houston. It's the Houston Cougars taking on what would be the most confusing team the Cougars could play. Gosh, I don't even know. Sam Houston. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) Bearcats and Cougars. That's going to be going down Saturday in Houston, Texas. Hey, and if you stayed up late this past Saturday night to watch Colorado, Colorado State, well, the Rams are packing their bags, and they're going to be in Murfreesboro. MTSU welcomes in Colorado State for a battle on this Saturday evening. So the odds on that game are very close. MTSU's a minus-130 favorite. Huge letdown spot for Colorado State here. They've had more interaction with their social media, more people talking to them, more people talking about them in the last week than probably in the, all the last 30 years combined. Um, distracted would be an understatement. I like MTSU here. Oh, thank you. I'm glad I'm glad I asked you who's going to win. Georgia's got the Blazers of UAB. UAB's having a tough year this year. That's not like them. But number one, Georgia's got the Blazers coming in between the hedges. Baylor and Texas are your ABC primetime game. Is that a trap game for the Longhorns? I mean, Baylor's just, they, they're so up and down. They look good, and then they don't look good. They lost a snooze fest game against Utah where they're up 13 to nothing. And next thing you know, they're losing 14-13. Um, they just, Baylor does not look good to me. Texas, though, will they play down to Baylor? remains to be seen. couple of Yankee top 25 matchups. Notre Dame, Ohio State. That's game your of the day. NBC nighttime game. Or game of the night. <laughs> Is that where game day is going to be this week? I believe so, yeah. All right. Who you got in that one? Notre Dame. Notre, Notre Dame's Dame. looked great all season. They've got the better quarterback, better offense. Ohio State, I couldn't tell you who their quarterback is. That's a problem. Couldn't tell you any of their other players except for Marvin Harrison Jr. That's a big problem. Um, I like Notre Dame here. All right, Hawkeyes will be in Happy Valley taking on Penn State. That's a top 25 battle. Yeah, Penn State, you know, Iowa's got the the coach that's got to score 20, an average of 24 points a game to keep his job. For instance? The offensive coordinator. Oh, the offi- it, oh, okay. In his contract. I think it's his son, oh, if I'm not mistaken. That's, that's the goofiest thing I've heard. I've, um, heard. I've heard a lot of goofy stuff. So, well, they've got the, the worst off. They had the worst offense of the league last year, and now he's got in his contract if he averages over 24 points. He gets to keep his job, doesn't get fired. Um, so they scored 41 points last week. I don't think they're going to score more than 14 against Penn State. Penn State looks great this year, and their offense is rolling. So. Kiefer Ingles, you get to keep your job if you hurry up and tell me who's going to win these games. Mizzou's got Memphis coming in Mizzou. to Como. Mizzou. No, this game is in St. Louis. Wow. Oh, really? A neutral site game. How about that? Missouri and the Tigers of Memphis. This is going to be on ESPNU. You've got Mizzou? Yeah, Mizzou had a great game last week. They surprised me for sure. Um, I thought they were going to just roll over and die versus Kansas State, and they did the opposite. All right. Williams-Brice Stadium, the scene of these two guys that used to be teamed up in the old days of the SEC East and West. It's the Gamecocks of South Carolina hosting Mississippi State. Who you got? Mississippi State has not looked very good. South Carolina did not look good in the first game against North Carolina, but they looked pretty respectable against Georgia this past week. And if Georgia's still, you know, the reigning, defending, undisputed champion, I mean, South Carolina's got some – they're going to make some noise. And I don't know if Mississippi State can keep up with that. All right. So those are some of the games. Elsewhere, UNC will be on the road at Pitt. UNC ranked number 17 in the land. And that pretty much wraps up all the 
Southern teams of note going down this weekend in college football. So your game you've got to watch every play this weekend is? Ohio State-Notre Dame. Oh, really? Yep, it's going to be the game of the day. Um, this is your first time in a while we've had a, a ranked matchup like this between two teams that everybody's projecting that you know whoever wins this game is going to make the playoffs. So should be a very good one. A lot of season storylines riding on it. All right, Mr. Pigskin Prognosticator, Kiefer Ingalls, dropping by. We thank you. Texter, we thank you for asking about the UM, whatever they are, playing Alabama this weekend. And we'll see you back here again next week, Mr. Pigskin Prognosticator. Thank you very much. Until then, have a great rest of your college football weekend. When we come back, we'll wrap this hour up with a little hashtag hullabaloo. on our mind we're back on y'all wrapping up this opening hour of our thursday show and lbt with a great little tornado song well we're going to do a little hashtag hullabaloo where we go on social media and find what y'all are talking about and we have a tweet coming in courtesy of mesimo it says north mesa phoenix arizona experienced heavy rain and winds in the 120 mile per hour range last evening i'm not sure when that was but recently that happened there in Phoenix. Well, somebody responded back to that Arizonan with the following. No Southerner flinches at storms like this. Even Floridians, the North goes indoors when it starts storming. My, meanwhile, we grab our phones and if we're really serious, our cameras and tripods in hopes of earning a little extra income through local TV. That's what Bazong replied back to Mesimo there. Yeah, we... We have plenty of bad weather in the South. There ain't no doubt about it. We just hope we hopefully can get past them and not have all of the uh, problems that we have had through the last couple of weeks and months with storms and hurricanes, and, and that's just part of living in the South, y'all. Also here, we've got celebritydom with Rex Chapman out on social media. He's saying something that caught the idea, I, the eye of this guy who must be a basketball fan. That's why he follows Rex Chapman, the former Kentucky Wildcat, and Charlotte Hornet, part of that original expansion franchise of 1988. Well, at B underscore D Knight, also known as your only a pawn on social media, he responded back to Rex Chapman and says, no, not every Midwesterner or Southerner is on opioids. I do like your attention to this matter, though. Joe Biden doesn't care. He's opened up our southern border to the drug cartels. I guess Rex Chapman must have been out there saying smack about the South's love of opioids. And at P underscore D Knight doesn't want to hear Mr. Three-Pointer Rex Chapman talking smack. So I appreciate him standing up for the South. We need to close that southern border for sure. We're going to close up this hour one of Y'all right now. We'll be back with more fun about the South when we come back here on the Y'all Show.
pleasant, happy Thursday to you. We're back here talking about what's going on in the southeast. John Rawl, the general of all things Southern, good to have you back here. And we are got to, well, we've got lined up here for hour two. Plenty of headlines, developing news out of Washington D.C. today, as the president of Ukraine is currently in Capitol Hill or on Capitol Hill, as he's about to speak alongside the House and Senate leaders there. I know he's been seen walking alongside Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky as he's going to be pushing lawmakers there to give him a lot more money. What do y'all think of that? Let me know. Hey, we want to let you know that here at the Y'all Show, you can reach out to us anytime as we have our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week text line and that's available to you. And that number is 615-208-4184. That's a very good number to keep in mind if you're listening to us in podcast form. And speaking of podcast form, if you miss us on our great radio stations, you can find the Y'all Show anytime, 24 hours a day, on Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcast, Apple iTunes, and at y'all.com. Just go there, search for Y'all Show, and we're right there. I was goofing around on the y'all.com site just, uh, I guess, because I was off the air a few days, I was goofing off there the other day, and I had forgotten how easy it is if you go to y'all.com to just hit the Y'all Show tab, and there our shows are perfectly lined up for you to listen. We've got more than 650 Y'all Shows in the can, and you could just have several weeks' worth of Southern enjoyment if you want to go back and listen to them. They're all free of charge. They're all waiting your free download. Check it out if you get a chance. But right now, whether you're listening to us in podcast or on the radio, you don't have to go looking. We want you to keep listening to what we got going on today because we are talking about what's going on across the Southeast today. We've got headlines, and in this hour of the Y'all Show, we have the Nashville Music Line Report coming up, and that is where we tell you about the goings-on of the entertainment world. And we've got news out of the Oak Ridge Boys camp as the legendary country music and gospel music act is going to be on a farewell tour. We'll tell you about some of the dates and how you can go see Richard and Dwayne and Joe and William Lee. I think that's all four of them. I think I did that off the top of my head, (laughs) y'all. You can go see the Oaks, the Mighty Oaks before they hang it up. All those guys are either in their 80s or right at 80 years old. So I can understand why they're going to get off the tour. But boy, have they created so many great songs and memories for so many. We'll talk about the Oak Ridge Boys. We'll also tell you about Marin Morris and her decision to leave country music. And what do y'all think of that? We'll, we'll talk about it. It's part of our Nashville Music Line report. It is coming up uh, later this hour. And before the hour's up, we got food on our mind. How about some southern smothered chicken? And we go to the website iHeartRecipes.com for one heck of a smothered chicken recipe. And that is going to be talked about in detail before this second hour is up. A reminder, in our final hour today, we've got our southern travel report. We've got a listing of festivals going on across the southeast that you don't want to miss out this weekend a developing story also to tell you about as we start our news headlines the chairman of the Fox Corporation Rupert Murdoch is going to step down as chairman that's the developing story today so how is that going to impact some of you out there who live your Fox News channel 
It is absolutely amazing how addictive that channel has been with Rupert Murdoch leading it these last three to four decades. I remember a person I knew before he passed away watched Fox News Channel so much that, no joke, the logo of that network was emblazoned into the corner of his television. Even when it was off, you could see the Fox News Channel bug, as is what they're called, in the bottom right corner. You talk about loyalty, and that was that person. I have family members that you can almost put money on it. When you go to their house, the number one TV channel is going to be Fox News Channel. And I keep I keep telling them, look, there's other channels out there. And if you're a conservative, these other channels, Newsmax, do a pretty dang good job, at least when it comes to the political discussion. Now, Newsmax is really, in my opinion, uh, very weak when it comes to so-called hard news. And even Fox News Channel, I, I get criticism from some of my fellow conservatives because they... They see me watching CNN, and they see me watching MSNBC a, f- a few times when I'm able to. Hey, I like to spy on the competition. I like to see what the enemy is talking about. But in, in terms of the fact that MSNBC is tied into NBC News and that CNN has all these affiliates throughout the world, if you're looking for really good news and you're looking for imagery of news stories, those other channels I just mentioned are far better than Fox News Channel and far certainly far better than Newsmax. But if you're looking for talking heads, talking politics, yeah, the other channels have some great shows, and check that out. But Fox News, with a huge, huge day, as Rupert Murdoch now stepping down as chairman of Fox News, and look, I think might be a big part of this is age. I know he's in his 90s. And Murdoch's going to take over as the sole chairman. I'm sorry, Lachlan Murdoch is going to take over his son as the sole chairman of both Fox Corp and Fox News. So that's the addendum to the story of Rupert going away. But the Australian media mogul evidently leaving the sunset of, of or the, the sunshine and headed for the sunset of his media career, it, it appears. But I remember seeing a story just this week where on that whole Fox uh, Dominion lawsuit that something, I don't have the numbers in front of me, Rupert projected that the settlement on that would be somewhere like $5 million, maybe $25 million max, and it ended up coming in close to a billion dollars in that settlement. That one stung. (laughs) That one hurt course i'm not quite a billionaire so i don't know what it would feel like to lose that kind of money but uh i think you'll be all right i, I do and lachlan now gonna step in there and fill the shoes of rupert all right so that's the big national media story of the day other news headlines of the day as we work our way through stories across the southeast in memphis the sheriff of shelby county has now arrested Nine people in connection to the death of a man who was having a psychotic episode and died in custody last fall. And according to Shelby County, Tennessee Sheriff Floyd Bonner, nine people now arrested for this man dying after 
He's alleged to have been kicked and kneeled on his back during a confrontation inside the Shelby County Jail. And Gershon Freeman was the 33-year-old man who died while in custody in the Shelby County Jail. And now nine of the Shelby County Sheriff's jailers arrested for the abuse of this man. And there was video released previously this year from the from within the Shelby County Jail of this man being attacked while he was in custody at 201 Poplar in downtown Memphis. So another unfortunate death, another arrest of law enforcement officers coming from Shelby County because you had earlier this year multiple Memphis police officers arrested for the death of the man there. Was it Tyree Nichols that was killed during a traffic stop earlier this year. More news headlines. If you want to go to a water park, hey, there's one calling your name in Texas. You might need to head to New Braunfels because the water park there has just been named the best water park in the world. Schlitterbahn in New Braunfels has been named by Amusement Today as the top water park in the world and that makes 25 consecutive year years that the Schlitterbahn <laughs> has been named number one in the world it's the longest serving award ever in the history of the golden ticket award is what this amusement today gives the awards were just handed out at Dollywood and Pigeon Forge earlier this month Schlitterbahn New Braunfels Water Park opened back in 1979 in New Braunfels, Texas, a lovely spot there, I think in central Texas, in the hill country, if I'm not mistaken, kind of a German area. And now this is a great place for you to go if you haven't had a chance to go to the Schlitterbahn Water Park, number one in the world, the, the, the entire world. You can go down that, what looks like incredible water slide into a beautiful pool of water. And there are plenty of competitors now for water parks around the country, not just the world. So, kudos to Schlitterbahn. Yavor! Now go get your swim trunks on and meet me in New Braunfels for a, a fun time at this water park. Now, from the fun of a water park to the stupidity of the South, Lafouche Parish, Louisiana, and Lockport Police there are searching for a person that's responsible for vandalizing a statue of Jesus on the campus of the school there in Lockport, Louisiana. At Holy Savior Catholic School, someone overnight between Tuesday and Wednesday went and decapitated the beautiful statue there on the campus of Holy Savior Catholic School. A Jesus statue was decapitated and now officers are seeking the public's help in this case. If you know anything about it, contact Lockport, Lockport, Louisiana Police. They're trying to find out who would do such a thing. It was a statue of Jesus with his arms raised like he was praying. I would put this statue at probably six or seven feet tall. And the rest of the statue appears to be just fine, but the the head is missing. 
what a low life to do something as this was put in a prominent position right in front of the school building there in Lockport, Louisiana. So let's find whoever did this and lock them up as a suspect. Suspects now being sought and the vandalism of this statue in Louisiana. You know, we've seen Confederate statues vandalized. People got away with it. We've seen other historic figures, statues. But now we're vandalizing Jesus' statue. Does it get any lower? You shouldn't be vandalizing, moving, replacing, talking bad about any statue. Now, a political story out of the state of Mississippi. Talk about a turncoat. So there is a heated governor's race going on in Mississippi right now. In fact, voters go to the polls in November and elect a governor. As you have Mississippi having their local elections in the year 2023. Kentucky has it going on as well. The Democratic candidate is Brandon Presley from Nettleton, Mississippi. The Republican candidate is the current governor, Tate Reeves. He's trying to get reelected. And now, out of Jackson, the last Republican who lost a general election for governor of Mississippi is now endorsing Brandon Presley, the Democrat. And this comes from Mike Parker, a former congressman who represented southwest Mississippi. He's now coming out in support of the Democrat in this race for governor of the state of Mississippi. He says, it's a big deal for me as a former Republican member of Congress and as a former Republican nominee for governor to vote for a Democrat. But I'm supporting Brandon Presley because he's a good man, he's a conservative, he's pro-life, and he's exactly what Mississippi needs at this point in time. Tate Reeves has failed Mississippi. Brandon will not. Yikes. That's big news from Mississippi for this guy, again, who was on the ballot for governor some 20-plus years ago. He lost to Ronnie Musgrove. That's when Musgrove of Batesville, Mississippi, USA, was elected as a Democrat, the last Democrat elected as governor of the Magnolia State. And now this guy, Parker, coming out in support of the Democrat, Brandon Presley. Now, Brandon Presley, you failed to mention there, Mr. Parker, the best attribute about this guy. He's related to Elvis Presley. Is that going to get y'all to vote for Brandon if you're a Mississippian? Perhaps, perhaps. (laughs) I don't know why people are so down on Tate Reeves. I know there's been this welfare corruption thing been going on for a few years, but that really ties in more to Phil Bryant, the former governor, Reeves' predecessor there in the Magnolia State. I, I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's tell you about another crazy political story from the Southeast. So, a lady's running for the mayor of Franklin, Tennessee. Her name's Gabrielle, or rather Gabrielle Hansen. And now, this week, she's coming out with a social media message where she's admitting she was charged with promoting prostitution 30 years ago. As she said, she found herself facing criminal charges after she said she mistakenly worked answering phones for an escort service. And this lady who is an at-large Franklin, Tennessee alderman right now, says on social media, I guess the rumors are out, as she's running for mayor of Franklin, great place in Williamson County, 
She said she's found herself charged criminally after she mistakenly worked answering phones for this escort service. She said all this in an Instagram video she released earlier this week. She said while she was attending Southern Methodist University, the SMU Mustangs in Dallas, she was there and she started working as a receptionist in the newspaper and she was working her way through school and she said she felt good. It was a good fit. And then she said she took a job working for a modeling and entertainment casting company, placing ads in JCPenney's and various commercials and print ads. But before she knew it, she said police arrived at her door to interview her about an escort service operation investigation. And she said, little did I know, they had also been operating a very lucrative casting couch. And she was shocked and devastated. Now, she's running for mayor of Franklin. And she's coming out, getting, on, I guess, ahead of the story. She's facing incumbent Franklin Mayor Ken Moore for an October 24th election in Williamson County, Tennessee. But uh, SMU student who claims she didn't know she was working <laughs> for an escort service. Just answering the phones. Hello, how you doing? You never know. She, I guess she's not been doing that the last 30 years of her career. Wish her well if she can unseat the current governor, or not the governor, mayor of Franklin, Tennessee. 37064, y'all. So if you're looking for a new series, check out the Hulu series Love in Fairhope. It's a new reality show filmed on the eastern shore of Mobile Bay, Alabama, and it comes out this month. Love in Fairhope. And now there's a new trailer promoting this new Hulu series that shows off about romance in Fairhope, the picturesque southern town so small that your dating app comes up empty after two swipes. <laughs> I like that. Don't go to Fairhope if you're looking for love. Not a lot of choices. Now, come on. I don't believe that. This is a great little section of Alabama, the eastern shore. And you're not far from Orange Beach and Gulf Shores and all that. But yeah, a new Netflix series, or rather Hulu series. The trailer came out Wednesday. You can go check that out. It's on social media. As this series is called Love in Fairhope. And back in March, Hulu confirmed that it was back in the show and that people behind it included actress Reese Witherspoon. She's one of the show's executive producers and a production company that she co-founded Hello Sunshine is one of the three studios involved with Love and Fairhope again on Hulu and you can also check it out the trailer is on YouTube if you want to see it so a lot of I mean this is one of another reality show but look you're going to have to see more of this kind of stuff because of the actors and writers strike the writer strike going on right now that's why it just came out in the last few hours that Monday Night Football is going to have more football games. Monday night, there's going to be more doubleheaders like they had just this past Monday because of the writer's strike. ABC is going to have a game, and then it'll be a game on ESPN. I'm fine with that. Absolutely fine with that. And our last entertainment story, we'll keep it in Alabama. Lana Del Rey, have y'all heard of this talented singer? She is originally from up north, I think, but she was recently in the Florence, Muscle Shoals, Alabama area recording at Muscle Shoals Sound Studio. 
and we're finding out more information about what Lana did when she was there. She worked at Waffle House while she was recording her album. She waited tables at the Florence, Alabama Waffle House. She says this week on social media, I woke up to like 10,000 texts the next morning, some from folks I had not heard from for 10 years. Saw your picture at the Waffle House. I was like, did you hear the new album? <laughs> They're more concerned about her Waffle House work. You know, Lana, if things don't go well, you can serve them up scattered, smothered, and covered if you'd rather do that. The singer behind Video Games and West Coast was seen at that Waffle House when she was recording in Northwest Alabama. And she, I mean, I really hadn't heard much about her until she went in and did all this and got some headlines. But yes, Lana Del Rey. She had been at the Florence Waffle House with her brother and sister for three hours hanging out and decided to get behind the counter and help out a little bit while she was there. And she even wore a Waffle House name tag. (laughs) I'm, I'm impressed by that. I am absolutely impressed and great news for the city of Florence. And then there's a great picture that has her pictured right in front of the Muscle Shoals Sound Studio, which is in Sheffield, Alabama. And we had a great chance last month, actually, to go down to Muscle Shoals Sound Studio and do an episode of The Y'all Show where we interviewed some people from that studio. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go listen on The Y'all Show podcast option. So, Lana Del Rey, not afraid and not ashamed of her time working at Waffle House in Florence, Alabama. We've got more of the second hour of Y'all Show queued up and coming at you. Stay tuned when we return. Speaking of entertainment, we've got the Nashville Music Line Report. The Oak Ridge Boys are going to call it quits as far as touring. We'll tell you about that. Plus, oh, Marin Morris. She's ticking me off, y'all. She might be ticking y'all off, too, if you're a country music diehard. We'll have all that right after this. Boys, 
We're going to let this play a little bit because I want to hear Richard Sturban one more time. Bye. There you go, Richard. of the Oak Ridge Boys and we're back here on the Y'all Show we've got our country music news we call it the Nashville Music Line and the Oak Ridge Boys are front and center today because they have just announced their American Made Farewell Tour as Dwayne Allen Joe Bonzel, William Lee Golden and Richard Serban are going to celebrate the milestone of being members of the Oak Ridge Boys some of them as long as 1965, that's the year that William Lee Golden joined the group. And now they're going to ride off into the sunset. As William Lee said, that we're doing a farewell tour because we owe it to our fans to say goodbye. They've always been there for us through the good times and the bad. So that's what William Lee says. That guy with the deep voice, Richard Sturban, says that I want to thank God For 50 years of singing with three of my best friends and for the fans who've been there for us, this is a celebration and we hope to see you there. The Oak Ridge Boys got to be on this farewell tour. I am heartbroken that it has come to this point, but these guys are all either in their 80s or late 70s and I completely understand. I think William Lee, recently I saw an Opry performance right there in Nashville and Richard Sturban was not there. He had something going on with himself. All the other members were there on the opera stage performing. The Oak Ridge Boys have received four ACM awards, two American Music Awards, five Billboard Awards, and four CMA Awards, plus five Grammys. The incredible group that they are, the Oak Ridge Boys. Now, this farewell tour underway right now. And if you want to see the Oaks... You need to pay close attention if you're in any of these cities across the southeast because this is likely your last chance to see them. So they're in Branson today at the Mansion Theater for the Performing Arts. They'll be there. Then they'll be in the state capital of Jefferson City on September 22nd. How about this? This is going to be a free concert this weekend at the Dixie Carter Performing Arts Center in Huntington, Tennessee. At least that's what I saw on one of the websites. You might want to double check. But on Saturday, the Oak Ridge Boys will be playing in Huntington, Tennessee in the home county of the great actress Dixie Carter at the Dixie, I believe is what that thing is nicknamed, on the town square there in West Tennessee. The Oaks then take off for the Dakotas. They'll be there for a while. Back in Branson for a bunch of performances in the month of October at the Mansion Theater for the Performing Arts. Then they'll be in Arlington, Texas at the Arlington Music Hall, October 13th and 14th. Rome, Georgia. They're coming to the Rome City Auditorium, October 21st. The Oaks will be in Corinth, Mississippi at Crossroads Arena there in Alcorn County. November 4th is when the Oak Ridge Boys will be performing as part of their farewell tour in North Mississippi. Nashville will be on the Opry on November 11th. They'll be in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina at the Weldon Mills Theater, November 30th. Mount Vernon, Kentucky at the Renfro Valley Barn Dance on December 1st. Hiawassee, Georgia High in the North Georgia Mountains. They'll be at Anderson Music Hall December 2nd. And in Paducah, Kentucky, they'll be at the Luther F. Carson Four Rivers Center 
December 14th. And that's the end of their southern dates. The farewell tour's last listing at this point will be December 17th when the Oak Ridge Boys will be at Egyptian Theater in DeKalb, Illinois. Again, these guys announcing their farewell tour. And for all the great hits and songs throughout the years that the Oaks brought us, it's unfortunate that they have to call it quits, but completely understand it. And I thought I'd play another little Oak Ridge Boys song, because this one's a good one. A little going to take a lot of river. This one has Steve Sanders, who filled in for William Lee Golden for a couple of years when Golden left the band. This is a big song from 1988. We'll let this chorus play. Gonna take a lot of river, y'all. All right. It's gonna take a lot of river to keep this broken heart afloat. Gonna take a lot of river running all the live long day. Gonna take the Mississippi from Monongahela and the Ohio. Gonna take a lot of river Wash these blues away. Ah, yeah, the Oak Ridge Boys on a farewell tour. This band got its start way back in 1947 as the Oak Ridge Quartet and were a gospel act for much of their early years. And then after the addition of people like Joe Bonzel to the group, they switched over to Target Country Radio, and that's where their career really soared to new heights with their albums on RCA Records and then MCA too. Just a tremendous success act. The Oak Ridge Boys again announcing their farewell tour. Congratulations on a great career. We wish them all the best. Other country music news and notes to tell you about on our Nashville Music Line Report. Haley Witters, have you heard of her? She's done some great music through the last couple of years. A non-Southerner, by the way. Witters is actually from Iowa. She wrote songs for Little Big Town and Alan Jackson. And she got her solo career going with studio albums like The Dream and songs like Everything She Ain't, which hit number 24 on the charts last year. She's been nominated for CMT and Grammy Awards. She was nominated for the Grammy for A Beautiful Noise as Song of the Year. And she actually won the ACM Award for New Female Artist of the Year. Haley Witters, her name. And she has had her third album that came out in 2022 called Raised. And it was her first album to reach the Billboard charts, debuting at number 18. And she's got her latest song again is out, Everything She Ain't. It's already a Rhea Platinum. Haley Witters is in the news because it's been her lucky year she says after she's been invited to play stagecoach and that's going to be in april of next year in california so congratulations for that achievement for her she's also nominated for new artist of the year at the 57th cma awards that's going to be in november she won new female artist of the year as i said at the acm award so she's trying to do the double whammy and uh, get that for the CMA Awards. Her recent single, Everything She Ain't, Everything She Ain't. I'm sure her English teacher is proud of that one. <laughs> that one's recently been certified platinum. And now she's released her six-song EP, I'm In Love. 
it's out right now. But by the way, Stagecoach, which she's going to be part of California's Country Music Festival, Stagecoach, happening in 2024, has some of the people performing. If y'all want to make your way to Cali, it's got Eric Church, Jelly Roll, Dwight Yoakam performing, Miranda Lambert, Willie Nelson scheduled to perform, as well as Post Malone, Morgan Wallen, Hardy, Bailey Zimmerman. How about Clint Black going to be there? The Beach Boys? And a whole bunch of other people. And then you can now add Haley Witters to the lineup of that April 2024 event in Indio, California at the Empire Polo Club Stagecoach. You know, if you're listening, California, y'all should let us come out there and check that out. What a lineup there. And kudos to the Iowan who's got a bright career. Not bad. I mean, she's already won awards. And she's only had one single out. And it hasn't even gone to the number one spot. She must be well-connected in Music Row, on Music Row. The Iowa native who's 34 years young. Again, she's not a a teeny bopper like some of these country starlets are. She's She's been doing it for a while. So kudos to Miss Haley. Now, let's talk about another artist headed in the other direction. And that would be Marin Morris. So Marin, over the weekend came out with her new EP, The Bridge. And then she came out and said, I'm going to leave country music because I don't necessarily fit in country music. And I'm perfectly fine with her leaving. She's decided to take her country music ball and head on to pop music, it appears. Marin Morris, the lady that brought us back in 2016, My Church, and has had lots of other songs that have done pretty well. She's been on the liberal side. She's a native Texan, but she has been very much in the liberal camp, and she's gotten into online chatter and arguments with Jason Aldean and his wife, and now she's putting her hands up, and instead of getting along and country music is not totally going to ostracize her because of her political beliefs there are other people who are not necessarily Republicans who sing country music I can think of one great example Tim McGraw another one would be Brad Paisley they are not necessarily your conservative Republican singers and country music has not kicked them out nor has it really ostracized them in fact these two guys mostly I won't say always, but mostly stay away from some of this political stuff. Now, I remember hearing Tim McGraw do a political ad for somebody, and I think maybe Paisley did it too, and they were not Republicans. But Maren Morris is all about the gay rights stuff. She's all about the trans stuff. She's she's really somebody who probably doesn't fit in at all, but musically she's fit in. She's had some good songs but she doesn't want to be part of country music. So, Marin, don't let the door hit you on your way out of Nashville. If you don't want to be part of country music, there are plenty of other people who can put out songs just as good as what you put out. And if you think you're too good for country music and you're going to talk bad and get into the wokeness of it, and that's all you really care about, instead of making good music, you're just wanting to make headlines, we don't need you. You know, we've had 
Leanne Rhymes do the same thing. She found her stardom in Nashville, and she took off for Los Angeles. We've had Taylor Swift do it. Heck, we even had Barbara Mandrell. I remembered Barbara Mandrell had a big goodbye to Nashville back in the 90s because she was going to go off and be with her daughter, who was an actress, and she was going to live the L.A. life. And I don't think that worked out too well for Babs. And now the latest episode of somebody who's just too good for Nashville and too good for country music, it appears to be Marin Mars. I wish her well, but there will always be somebody else. In this case, I was just telling y'all about Haley Witters. Haley Witters is just, it appears, about making good music, not trying to make political headlines every chance and, and talking smack about country music and country music personalities. We don't need it. Don't need it at all. We've got enough. As If you're a country music fan, we have enough problem internationally being recognized. Perfect example. When was the last time a person that sang country music was the featured Super Bowl halftime act? You know, the, the greatest stage given to a performer all year long. More eyeballs see the Super Bowl halftime performance than anything. You have to go all the way back to the early 1990s with people like Travis Tritt when the Super Bowl was in Atlanta for the last time a country music person got prominent prominent Super Bowl FaceTime. That's pathetic for this truly American art form we call country music for it to be given that kind of treatment. And then all the Grammy Awards, all the I mean, there's still the stigma that country music's a bunch of rednecks, we're a bunch of southerners. And I'm not saying we're innocent of that completely. We do have... Well, you know what? We do have southerners that are part of country music. And for that, I will never apologize. We got some people that are on the red side in country music. I will not apologize for that. But we got a little bit of everything. The bottom line is that it shouldn't be about those things. It should be about the music. Is the music good? And you dang right it's good. Even the new stuff out there is pretty darn good. I know I talk to people all the time who say, I don't listen to that new stuff like that Morgan Wallen girl. I don't want to listen to her. I'm like, well, Morgan's actually a guy. But uh, you got to give some of it a chance. Now, unfortunately, country radio is not helping things out. When country radio goes back to the way it was prior to the 1990s and plays it follows the rock example of where they play the same song over and over and over and over and over and the same artist over and over and over and over and they don't really diversify the playlist that gives you a lot of burnout and I can see where people would not be so fond of listening to this modern country music but thank God for the old stuff and thank God for the old radio stations that continue to do their thing and and somehow most of them have been able to hang on my favorite radio station I listened to had a television, I'm I'm sorry a tree come crash down on its radio transmitter several months back and I thought when I heard the station, actually when I couldn't hear the station anymore I thought oh gosh there goes my favorite radio station how could that be I thought they were making money I thought they were doing good they played all that good old old stuff and I love that then I happened to talk to 
the owner's father one day. He told me what happened. He said, yeah, somebody was out there cutting trees and knocked the transmitter down. Knocked, well, the, knocked the tower and the transmitter out of service. And this thing had been out of commission for months and months and months and months. Guess what? On my way in today, I finally heard the station. I guess they got it fixed. And now I can hear my Earl Thomas Conley and my Conway Twitty and my Oak Ridge Boys and my Steve Warner music. Thank God. So, thank good, thank goodness for the old stuff, but the new stuff is not that bad either. Check it out. That is a look at some of your Nashville music, entertainment news, and a little commentary, if you don't mind, here from the General of Music Row, John the General Rawl. Thank y'all for listening to this Thursday Y'all Show. When we come back, we're going to switch over and talk a little food. We got smothered chicken on our mind as we wrap up our two of the show that shakes the Southland. This day, like all the rest First thing every morning that I do Is start missing you Some broken hearts never mend Some memories never Little General Giant helping us wrap up our second hour of today's Y'all Show. We go to the website iHeartRecipes.com for a southern smothered chicken recipe. Rosie has posted this up on the website, and she writes that when she thinks about southern smothered chicken, it reminds her of her childhood, as every Sunday her mom would make a bigger-than-usual southern-style Sunday dinner. And you can go to iHeartRecipes.com and check out this great recipe of southern smothered chicken you got to have a large bowl you got to have plenty of measuring cups to make her delicious recipe and she's got a video tutorial right there at iheartrecipes.com but you got to bread and fry the chicken and then you've got to make the onion gravy that goes along with it and it is a great looking recipe rosie i haven't had a chance to have it personally but yes she says in here can you use heavy cream instead of milk for the gravy and she says you absolutely can using heavy cream will result in a thicker creamier gravy and then she's got all kinds of seasoning that can be included in your smothered chicken recipe the whole thing's listed with the video tutorial and more at iheartrecipes.com just check it out from rosie her submission called the southern smothered chicken recipe yum e what a great way to wrap up our two. Rosie Mays is who presented this recipe to us today as we get you fed and get you feeling good here in the Southeast. When we come back for hour number three, we're going to have a whole lot of good stuff, so stay tuned to the Y'all Show.
hour here on this Thursday, y'all. Hello there. Y'all.com presents this program all about the Southeast. If you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in as we give you hours upon hours of conversation about the news headlines of the day, plus a little sports thrown in for good measure. We appreciate Kiefer Ingalls dropping by an hour number one as he broke down the weekend in college football. He's got his eye on that Notre Dame-Ohio State game. I guess Kiefer's got a little Yankee in him. He'll be tuning in that one. We've also got some other pretty intriguing games. Clemson hosting the Florida State Seminoles this weekend. And you also have at Bryant-Denny Stadium, is Alabama going to finally get their mojo as they welcome in former the offensive coordinator a few years back for Mr. Saban as Lane Kiffin brings in his team out of Lafayette County, Mississippi, over from the SIP, as Kiffin calls it, to Bryant-Denny as the Rebel Landshark Black Bears take on the Crimson Tide of Tuscaloosa. All right, that's what's going on. That's what's been going on. We've got it all. We talk about sports. Yeah, we talk about sports. We've got a lot of entertainment news. We've got some more entertainment news coming before we get out of here for this final hour. I'm going to tell you about a guy spotted in Clemson, South Carolina, not getting ready for the big FSU game this weekend, but Mark Wahlberg was hanging out in Death Valley, Clemson, South Carolina, variety of Death Valley. He was there this week checking out Rick Irwin's in downtown Clemson. Got to say it right. It's Clemson. And he was there. I'll tell you why in our entertainment headlines of this final hour. Also, we'll give you an update out of the state of Texas about the guy who just cleared that indictment deal, Ken Paxton. He was the attorney general of Texas, and they indicted him, or they impeached him. I get my I words sometimes confused, and I'm not the only one. You got indictment, you got impeachment. (laughs) And in Ken Paxton's case, well, he was impeached, but he survived his impeachment in the Texas State Senate. And now he's back as attorney general, and he's on a warpath, y'all. You might want to watch out. So we'll tell you about Mr. Paxton in our headlines here across the southeast. Also, we'll let you know in our headlines across the southeast today about how a former Republican congressman in the state of Mississippi is now endorsing the Democratic nominee for governor. All that is just ahead in our news headlines. And before our number three is in the books, We've got a look at this weekend's big festivals going on across Dixie. It's our Southern Travel Report. And we'll get you lined up with some of the fun as we've got a songwriters event going on in Ocean Springs, Mississippi this weekend that might be worth a road trip there. We've got an international food festival going on in West Tennessee this weekend. We'll tell you about that. And we've got some other fun stuff going on across the southeast. All that is ahead. We'll even tell you about Burgoo. What the heck is Burgoo? Hang on. I'll tell you. It's part of our Festive South feature coming up later this hour. And before we totally get done today, a quick look at what's on y'all.com right now. All that here on the show that shakes the Southland. If you would like to get involved with y'all, the text line that's available 247-615-208-4184. And we have an email address M-A-I-L, mail at Y-A-L-L dot com. Mail at y'all dot com. It's the way to get in touch with us 24-7. All of those avenues. And we appreciate those of you who reach out to us. Thank you. We want to hear from you. We, we extend you a formal invitation. 
Now, let's pick up our news headlines of the day. And from the tropics we go. It looks like the South and, frankly, America may be able to escape Hurricane Nigel's wrath. As right now, surf is battering a rough surf, battering the island of Bermuda out in the Atlantic. As Nigel is essentially due east of the South Carolina-North Carolina border. And because it's way out there, I don't think this thing's going to necessarily affect the southeast at all. It may end up affecting an area that just got affected this past weekend when the storm went into extremely northeast New England and into the Canadian Maritime Provinces. The past hurricane from the last few days went in up there causing some problems. But right now, Nigel, a Category 1 hurricane five miles southeast of Newfoundland. Bermuda has felt the brunt of three storms this past month alone, so we want to keep our thoughts with the folks in Bermuda. I've got Bermuda on my bucket list. I want to wear long pants and go to Bermuda, home of the Bermuda shorts. <laughs> but yes, it's not far from the south. I mean, It's just off the Carolina coast, but it's a, it's a little ways out there. But I would love to go to Bermuda. Who wants to join me? Bermuda is a place that I need to see how much it costs before I sit here talking about how I would like to go there. Let's maybe start a GoFundMe for me to go there and do a y'all show broadcast. Hey, sounds great. Now let's go to Austin from Bermuda with love to Austin with love. Ken Paxton is your Texas Attorney General, and he got impeached not long ago. Impeached about corruption charges and he has survived he was acquitted on his impeachment trial that vote actually was surprising how many people ended up voted not to find him guilty as he was acquitted by the Texas Senate on 16 articles of impeachment as he was accused of having a relationship with an Austin real estate developer named Nate Paul and who was indicted back in June on charges of making false statements to banks in order to secure more than $170 million in loans. Paul has pleaded not guilty, and he did not appear in the impeachment trial. But a lot of Republicans turned on Mr. Paxton, the Attorney General. And when he was formally impeached, he actually lost his position there as Attorney General of the Lone Star State. Well, after his acquittal, he's now the Attorney General again for the governor and the state of Texas and now he's coming out firing he's on a little bit of a redemption tour and he's appearing back on TV shows and more and he's laying into the Republicans who drove his impeachment and he said that his career is far from over and his wife is actually a Texas state senator Ken Paxton who had to recuse herself during the impeachment trial but he's back and he's not happy so stay back stay tuned for more of this guy who has been a trump ally trump has called on him to help campaign and push things like the border wall and and also i guess this barrier that's been in texas for a while on the texas mexico border but he survived that effort to get him out of office officially ken paxton out of the state of texas also want to tell you today about a story from Mississippi as a former congressman from the state of Mississippi is now backing the
the Democrat that's running for governor. Brandon Presley is the guy from Nettleton, Mississippi, running for governor as a Democrat. And he's facing the incumbent, Tate Reeves, the Republican. And on Wednesday, a guy who actually ran for governor of Mississippi some 20-plus years ago, and a former congressman from southwest Mississippi, has come out now in support of Brandon Presley. And that would be Mike Parker. Mike Parker, the congressman-turned-gubernatorial uh, congressman candidate, he lost to Ronnie Musgrove in the 1999 election in the state of Mississippi. And Musgrove, the last Democrat to be governor of Mississippi, Musgrove was beat out after one term by Haley Barber, and Barber served two terms. Then Phil Bryant comes in and serves two terms. Then his lieutenant governor, Tate Reeves, is now in his first term. Tate Reeves trying to get that second term. So you're asking, well, who's the current lieutenant governor of Mississippi that's probably going to be the governor if this trend continues? Delbert is. Delbert Hoseman. And Delbert is up for re-election right now, too. He's got to beat the Democrat in November to be back in as a second-term lieutenant governor of the state of Mississippi. But, yeah, how about that name? Delbert Hoseman. Well, Delbert's not making the headlines today. It is, again, this former congressman, Mike Parker, who's backing the Democrat in this case, Brandon Presley, as he put out a statement saying, it's big for me as a former Republican member of Congress and as a former Republican nominee for governor to vote for a Democrat, but I'm supporting Brandon Presley because he's a good man. He's a conservative. He's pro-life, and he's exactly what Mississippi needs at this point in time. I've got questions about that one. Now, I've been in Mississippi lately, and I've seen Brandon Presley signs in people's yards that I know that aren't conservative and aren't pro-life. I just have a hard time believing that Brandon Presley is a conservative and as pro-life as what this guy says he is. I could be completely wrong on this one but uh, (laughs) I I don't know about that one what I do know is that Mr. Parker and I love that name when we talk about Mississippi Mike Parker because if you ever watched In the Heat of the Night on TV all those years they had the guy working as a deputy there for the sheriff and uh, Carol O'Connor and they had a guy in there named Parker. 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 And then Mr. Tibbs was one of them. And Chief Gillespie is who I was trying to think of, Carol O'Connor's character. That was a great series. And it was filmed in the South. It was filmed just east of Atlanta in, what is that, Newton, Georgia? I think I'm right on that, Newton, which was the same place that the Dukes of Hazard originally was filmed. I might be, I might have my name. I might, it might be, I think it's Newton County. You know, I should know more than anybody. I go through that area of Atlanta and between Atlanta and Augusta a thousand times a year, for God's sakes. Covington is where I'm trying to think of. Stupid me. I stopped off in Covington a couple weeks ago. Well, it was actually more toward Conyers, but who's counting? <laughs> but yeah, in the heat of the night, Paca. I got a little kid that goes to my church named Parker, and I think of Parker every time I 
I hear his name called because I like hearing Chief Gillespie saying that. Okay, can we get back to more serious topics? So you got this governor's race going on in Mississippi. It's going to be decided in November. Tate Reeves, the incumbent, and Brandon Presley, the Democrat, and he's getting some support of guys who have been Republicans now lining up with him. I wonder if Tate Reeves is going to have anybody from the Democratic side stand beside him and say, this is our guy. I seriously doubt it. (laughs) Now, other headlines across the Southeast today to tell you about in our y'all show. Have you heard about the new Hulu series Love and Fairhope? Reese Witherspoon is involved in this, and the trailer for this has just come out. It's a reality show filmed on the eastern shore of Alabama, down around Gulf Shores and Orange Beach, but Fairhope is what this is called. And it's a, it's a romantic reality show that you can sit down with honey and have a good laugh watching this thing. It's narrated by Heather Graham. And it has the small town charm of Fairhope front and center. And I love the one thing that they said about it. As they said, that Fairhope is the kind of small town... I need to get this right because I love this. Don't let... John butcher this, okay? Uh, because of its small town size, it is not really the best place in the world to find romance. And here, here we go. I found, I finally found the quote from the trailer. It says, "In this picturesque southern town, it's so small that quote your dating app comes up empty after two swipes." And if y'all don't know what I'm talking about on that, that's a good thing. Don't worry about it. Forget what I just said. But if you're on these dating apps, having only two swipes is not a good thing. And you can check this out here as it's getting ready to debut Love and Fairhope on Hulu. More entertainment news. Oliver Anthony, the singer behind Rich Men North of Richmond, he's now had to cancel a second Knoxville venue as he was originally going to play at a bar there called Cotton Eye Joe. Got mad at the ticket prices, so he decided to move out of there and go to the Knoxville Convention Center for a date September 29th. Well, guess what? He needed more seats than what the Convention Center had. So now, Oliver Anthony is going to be performing some 30 minutes from Knoxville. He's going to be performing on Thursday, September 28th, at Smokies Stadium. That's the home of the Tennessee Smokies AA baseball team. A 6,000-seat venue on the way to Pigeon Forge in Sevierville if you get off of Interstate 40 there. And Oliver Anthony is going to be playing there on September 28th. The guy that got a lot of national attention about a month ago when he stormed onto the scene with his song, Rich Men North of Richmond, which debuted at number one on the Billboard charts without previously having a song on the chart. That's the first time that ever happened in Billboard music history. So if you're in East Tennessee, check out this guy, Oliver Anthony, at a big Smoky Stadium concert. And lastly, you may not be able to see this guy at all because I think he's already left the building. Actor Mark Wahlberg was just in Clemson, South Carolina this last few days as he posted on his Instagram that he stopped by Rick Irwin Steakhouse in Clemson and he went by to check out their stock of 
Fleca Azul Tequila. And that tequila brand, Mark Wahlberg is a principal investor in. And so, in this video that Wahlberg put out, you can go check it out at Mark Wahlberg on Instagram. He's right there in Clemson, SC, home of the Tigers, wearing his shorts and his nice blue shirt and his navy hat. He doesn't have a single thing Clemson on. I'm impressed by that. No Tiger Paws for Mike Mark Wahlberg. Clemson got a big football game there this weekend against the Florida State Seminoles. FYI, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> but Mark, in this video, probably breaks a few health code violations. He walks in the kitchen, shakes hands with some of the people that work there at Rick Irwin's, which looks like a great place to have a steak in Clemson, and, and just has a lot of selfies made. And then he gets behind the bar of Rick Irwin's and serves up some of that tequila that he has. Fletcher Azul tequila. And he's the main investor in it. And he's going there to Clemson to, to hang out and see what it's all about. Looks like a lot of the CU students had a good time. And I watched the video closely whenever Mark Wahlberg was hanging out there in Clemson. Because I've got two underage nieces at that college right now. And I better not see them having some of that tequila on camera at least. <laughs> I'll tell on you. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really know if they would do that or not. You know what I encourage girls and their twin sisters? Uh, stay away from tequila. In fact, stay away from all liquor and wine and maybe even beer. But at least if you got to dip into any of those, try a few beers first. I think that's the one that's less likely to make you addicted and or do dumb things. Some of that other stuff like Mark's tequila brand, I bet you, Mr. Wahlberg, if you're not paying attention, boy, oh boy, uh, uh, you might be really hurting, especially on a game weekend like you got with Clemson and Florida State there in the outskirts of Rick Irwin's and just down the road from the SO Club, you'll have that football game go down in Clemson SC this weekend. But Mark Wahlberg hanging out in the upstate of South Carolina, pretty cool to see a big-time actor doing that in-person visit to the Southeast. Love it. And that wraps up our news headlines across the Southeast today here on Y'all. When we come back, we have a look at some of the great festivals that are taking place across the Southeast this weekend. From Alabama to West Virginia, we'll break it all down and tell you about some fun stuff related to these festivals and some of these towns in which the festivals are going on in. All that is ahead. On the show about the South, we are y'all, powered by y'all.com. She don't laugh at everything, but when she does, the planets swing around her. She don't step on sidewalk scenes Her teenage boyfriends all still dream about her She don't need the glare of the Vegas lights She could blow a kiss and leave you spinning like a two-to-one I met a girl, she made me smile, she made me wait 
She crossed the street, she crossed my heart She fixed her dress, she bit her lip She lit me up I met a girl with crazy shoes and baby blues The way she moves is changing my whole world I met a girl the Vicksburg Kid. We're back on y'all. That's William Michael Morgan. And William Michael Morgan took that song to number two back in 19... Not, not 19. Silly me. He took that to number two back in 2015 with I Met a Girl. Sold nearly 300,000 copies of that one. A song written by Sam Hunt. You know, the guy had a big, couple big songs. And Shane McAnally also a writer on that one for William Michael Morgan. I don't know why William Michael didn't write that one because he's quite a songwriter. In fact, one reason we're playing William Michael Morgan music, welcoming you back into the Y'all Show Thursday edition, is this is our spot of the show each week where we talk about festivals going on across the Southeast this weekend. And you're going to have a chance to meet William Michael Morgan alongside songwriter Jim McCormick. Singer-songwriter Steve Azar, who had the number one song, I Don't Have to Be Me, until Monday. And then, Tommy Barnes, also part of this songwriter festival. And I'm going to pull up something on Tommy Barnes, because I have a funny personal story to tell you about Tommy Barnes, as we talk about all kinds of country music. No, 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 I'm so sorry. Tommy Barnes is not who I'm thinking of. I had another Mississippi songwriter in mind. I'll save my story for later. Tommy is out of Tupelo. I'm trying to think of a uh, Philadelphia, Mississippi guy. Not Hardy and not Marty Stewart. I'll save that one for later. But back to the songwriting. This weekend in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, down just to the east of Biloxi, just across the bridge from Biloxi, it is the Mississippi Songwriters Festival. And that's going on in Ocean Springs this weekend. And William Michael Morgan, as well as people like Steve Azar, will be there in the round. Check it out. going to be a lot of fun for you to be on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and hear some good Nashville and other songwriting favorites coming down for a great weekend on the coast of Mississippi. That's this weekend in Ocean Springs. Now, if beach music is your thing, you might want to head over to Emerald Isle in North Carolina this weekend at the Western Ocean Regional Access on Islander Drive in Emerald Isle. It's the Beach Music Festival. I love beach music. That's an old song. I'm not losing my mind. That really is an old song. That's going down again in Emerald Isle on Saturday, the Beach Music Festival. In Dripping Springs, Texas this weekend, it's the Pumpkin Festival. Yeehaw, yeah. We're about a month away from Halloween. Isn't that crazy? At the Friends of the Poundhouse Foundation, it is the Pumpkin Festival for 2023 in Dripping Springs, Texas. Now, let me tell you about Dripping Springs. This is in Hayes County, and Hayes is just slightly north of Austin. It's a rural town with 400, uh, about 4,600 people live in Dripping Springs, Texas. It's called the Gateway to the Hill Country. And Dripping Springs is also the wedding capital of Texas, and a lot of tourists come there. And a lot, evidently, a lot of honeymooners end up hanging out in Dripping Springs, Texas, as it's got a beautiful, beautiful hill country setting. It's got a brewery there, a distillery, and a winery also found in Dripping Springs, Texas. This weekend, though, pumpkins seem to be 
the thing and you can have a great time in Dripping Springs with this weekend's Pumpkin Festival. Pumpkin. <laughs> this weekend in Porter Wagner's hometown of West Plains, Missouri, it's the HOBA Bluegrass Festival. That stands for Heart of Ozark Bluegrass Association. So get your banjos out and head on over to West Plains, not far from the boot hill of Missouri, and enjoy a good weekend of bluegrass. The Heart of Ozark Bluegrass Association's Bluegrass Festival going down this weekend. New Iberia and Louisiana this weekend. It is the Louisiana Sugar Cane Festival. Yee-haw there. I wonder if this is the time of year, I guess it is, where you harvest sugar cane. That seems to be what they've got in mind in New Iberia this weekend, so go have a great time. Panama City this weekend in Florida. It's the Little Village Conch Shell Festival. In Little Village, located at 2808 West 12th Street and PCFLA, the Little Village Little Village Conks Shell Festival. Boy, that sounds something right up Jimmy Buffett's alley. Rest in peace, Jimmy. Yes, that's going down this weekend. Auburn, Alabama, a school that Jimmy Buffett once attended. This weekend, it won't be about the Tigers there on the plains. Auburn's hosting this weekend at Red Barn the Agricultural Heritage Park at Red Barn. It's the Auburn Oktoberfest. Yavol! And this is going down Saturday in Auburn, Alabama. I bet you they'll have a few cocktails available. Hopefully lots of good German beer. We don't want that East Alabama kind there at Oktoberfest in Auburn. And we want the real stuff. Yavol! <laughs> Hey, if beer isn't your thing, you might want to head over to South Carolina this weekend because in Flower Town, USA, a.k.a. Somerville, just to the north of Charleston, this weekend it's the Sweet Tea Festival. And that's going down Saturday afternoon on Hutchinson Square in downtown Somerville. Can't wait to have some good sweet tea? Well, if you, you just can't hold off, go check it out there in Somerville for the Sweet Tea Festival. You know, and just up the road from Somerville is where they have the annual Grits Festival in that same county, Dorchester County, South Carolina. So, Dorchester, you're doing good. You got Grits and Sweet Tea covered, two of my favorite things. I bet you two of your favorite things all this weekend. Well, if food from the international spectrum is more of your thing, you need to be in Jackson, Tennessee this weekend, Carl Perkins' hometown hosting the ninth annual Jackson International Food and Art Festival. This year it's moved from its downtown venue to the fairgrounds just south of downtown Jackson at 800 South Highland Avenue in Jackson. It's the ninth Jackson International Food and Art Festival. Eduardo, look out. We're going to send people your way. And that's this weekend, Saturday, 10 to 4 is the listed time for you to go check out. I know they have a parade. They got a lot of food. They got dancing and costumes and more. And check out this International Food and Art Festival, which draws thousands to Madison County in West Tennessee. Virginia Beach, Virginia this weekend. It's the 49th annual Neptune Festival Boardwalk Weekend at the Virginia Beach Oceanfront. And that starts this weekend. It goes all the way to October 1st. And some of the artists performing this weekend, let me see if I get this right here. Well, let me just tell you about some of the artists performing, period, and then you can go to the website for this festival and see if you can work out a, a trip to Virginia Beach to see these folks yourself. 
You got Cowboy Mouth performing there, Steel Pulse, The Ocean Blue. You got a group called Modern English and Skip Castro Band. All these are going to be part of this big event in Virginia Beach, the 49th annual Neptune Festival Boardwalk Weekend on the oceanfront there of Virginia Beach. Again, headlining act of Cowboy Mouth going to be performing at this festival in the the Old Dominion State. This weekend in West Virginia, it's the 70th annual Hardy County Heritage Weekend Festival. And that's going down in Lost City, West Virginia at the Lost River General Store and Cafe. 70th annual. That's a long time of doing this. 70th annual Hardy County Heritage Weekend Festival in the mountain state of West Virginia. Now, this is located in Lost City, which is in the Potomac Highlands of West Virginia. And it's in Hardy County. And as of the 2020 census, Hardy County had a population of just over 14,000. Its county seat is Moorefield. And the county was created from Hampshire County in the state of Virginia. And Hardy County named for Samuel Hardy, a a distinguished Virginian. And he gets a county named after him. You know, sadly, these days, our people who are distinguished don't get counties named after them. I don't know of a single county being named after a person. I know King County in Washington was changed from being named after a guy from Selmer, Alabama to Martin Luther King, but they didn't change the name of the county just for the a different king. Uh, be interesting to see who we would name counties for if we had to do it today. But this again is going down in the Potomac Highlands portion of West Virginia. The 70th annual Hardy County Heritage Weekend Festival going on this weekend. Moving on to the state of Oklahoma, it's the Choctaw Nation Labor Day Festival, and that's Saturday. Yes, they have their Choctaw Nation Labor Day this weekend in Tuscahoma, Oklahoma at the Choctaw Nation Museum, and that's Saturday. I wonder what the, if y'all have any Choctaw connections, let me know. I'd love to find out how the Choctaws have their so-called Labor Day this weekend. Hey, works for me. This weekend in Maryland, it's the Hartford County Wine Festival. And that's at Rockfield Manor on Churchfield Road in Bel Air, Maryland. Wine in Maryland on Saturday. By the way, Hartford County, Maryland is located just to the north of Baltimore. It's right on the Pennsylvania line. And its county seat is Bel Air, which is where this event's going down at the Rockfield Manor. So some wine in Maryland, y'all, this weekend. Also in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, it's the and we got a lot of counties that are having festivals this weekend. This weekend in Anderson County, Kentucky, it's the Anderson County Burgoo Festival, and that's in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and that goes down all Friday and Saturday. What is Burgoo? Is that what you're asking me? You know what? I got the answer. Burgoo is a stew, kind of like Mulligan or Irish stew. And it's often served with cornbread or corn muffins. And it's often prepared as a social gathering. You can have a lot of people join up and have burgoo. And it is a great thing for fundraisers, especially in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. And this weekend, you can get your burgoo a-going with the Burgoo Festival there. Also this weekend... In Mena, Arkansas, it's the Washita Bigfoot Festival and Conference, and that's at the Blue Zip Line and Farm in Mena, Arkansas. 
Washita and Bigfoot. What a combination. Now, I found, thanks to this festival going down this weekend, an online website. I guess most websites are online. But I found a, a website devoted to Sasquatch sightings and more. And this thing really has a detailed map of just where you have the sightings across the country. Now, thankfully, as a Southerner, I am proud to report to you there have not been all that many Bigfoot sightings in the Southeast. But there have been sightings. So if you're looking at a map, and I'm looking at it now, there have been Bigfoot sightings in just about every Southern state, oftentimes dozens, dozens of sightings. So if you're looking at a map, the same map I'm looking at, and I know you're not, I'm having to tell you, there are a lot of Bigfoot sightings in East Texas. There are just a scattered amount of Bigfoot sightings in Louisiana, even fewer in Mississippi. Mostly around Meridian is what it looks like. Alabama's got a lot. There have been a lot of Bigfoot sightings over toward Anniston and in the Birmingham area. Going up toward Huntsville, there's been plenty of sightings. In the state of Georgia, also in the mountainous portions of the state, you'll find lots more Bigfoot sightings. Around Calhoun, Georgia, it looks like a lot of sightings there. The state of Florida's had very few sightings, mostly sort of north-central around Gainesville is where most of the sightings appear, on, at least on this map. And th- these sightings all have notations. For example, they're urban legend sightings. They're not with proof of a Bigfoot sighting. South Carolina's only got a handful, mostly around Anderson, South Carolina, is where it looks like. Western North Carolina is the site of where North Carolina's seen its most sightings. Of course, that's the mountainous portion of that state. Tennessee spread throughout. From Ripley in West Tennessee all the way to it looks like around Paris, the Nashville area. You've got them around Fayetteville and southern middle Tennessee. Bigfoot sightings then down around Cleveland and throughout the Smoky Mountains. You've got plenty of Bigfoot sightings. Kentucky, similar to Tennessee, sightings from west to east. Even around Florence, Kentucky, I'm looking at Bigfoot sightings seen there. Virginia's got its share, so does West Virginia. A fascinating map, if you are into Bigfoot, this website here, you can go visit it. It's called arcgis.com is the server for this thing, and it's titled Bigfoot Sightings and Density of the U.S. with some word I don't know what it means. (laughs) But you can see for yourself just how common Bigfoot sightings are in the South. Be careful out there. And if you're really scared like I am, I don't want to run across Sasquatch. I really don't. So I'm thinking about moving to where it looks like there are no Sasquatch sightings. Key West, Florida is where I'm heading. See you all down there. This weekend in Plains, Georgia, Jimmy Carter has a 99th birthday coming up. We hope he can make it. As we all know, he's been in hospice for months now, and he's at the sunset of his life. Jimmy Carter turns 99 years old on October 1st. And this weekend in his native town and where he lives now, Plains, Georgia, it's the the Plains Peanut Festival at the Jimmy Carter Boyhood Farm on Old Plains Highway. 
And that's Saturday, the Plains Peanut Festival, y'all. How awesome would it be if you went to that and you saw the former president out there waving to you? He's been a pretty active guy there in his hometown for a long time. But right now in hospice, and we expect that news any day about his passage. But it hasn't happened yet. And we wish Jimmy Carter the best. And we wish Plains, Georgia the best this weekend with this annual event, the Plains, Georgia Peanut Festival, of which Mr. Carter was once a Plains peanut farmer himself. (laughs) All righty. That and uh, good old Billy Beer. Y'all remember that one if you were around in the Jimmy Carter dynasty? (laughs) And that's a look at some of our fun festivals from Burgoo to music festivals to talking about sugar cane and beach music. And we got some sweet tea being celebrated and then pumpkins and more. Oh, yes. We're never a place for boredom here in the southeast. And we're happy to share that with you here in what we call our Festive South feature on the Thursday y'all show we're going to come back and wrap up this thursday program with a look at what's up at y'all.com the south's homepage. all that is right ahead on the program powered by y'all.com stay tuned show we mentioned in our previous segment that this weekend in emerald isle north carolina they got the beach music festival and so why not play a little carolina beach music to wrap up this thursday y'all show and the embers members of the north carolina music hall of fame oh what a great song there that classic 60s 70s sound and what a great job they did on that one one of the signature beach music songs from the embers as we wrap up this thursday y'all shoe talking about shagging love that shag and i ain't talking about what you might be thinking about i'm talking about the official state dance 
of South Carolina, at least. I don't know if North Carolina's got an official state dance. Frankly, shagging should be should be that, if not clogging, ought to be North Carolina's state dance. Does your state have its official state dance? Look into that and report back to me for the Friday Y'all Show. Let's close up speaking of y'all. We are powered here by y'all.com, the South's homepage. And if you go there right now, you can find some awesome articles. As we've got an article all about Florida favorites, what are the most popular destinations within the Sunshine State if you're looking for a maybe a fall getaway. I know a lot of kitties have fall break coming up. And go check out this article. It's right there on the homepage, y'all.com. And you can see where, maybe in the Sunshine State, you can plan this last week or last minute getaway. As Martin Brooks has penned this one, he's got West Palm Beach chronicled, the Keys, Orlando, and more. It's right there at y'all.com, the South's homepage. Check it out. Also, we've got a new article, Mapping Road Trips with Kids. So, uh, yeah, as, as I mentioned, we got a lot of people planning a fall getaway. And Martin also penned this one about how you can enjoy maybe a theme-based road trip or perhaps an educational pit stop along the way. Very informative travel information found at y'all.com with these articles. Niles Reddick, the pride of Valdosta, Georgia, the pride of Jackson, Tennessee, and the pride of Lambeth. Uh, Niles Lambeth, now Niles, Niles Reddick has a great article called Donna Fargo still the happiest girl in the whole USA and Niles did a heck of a job he's a, a great novelist but he did a great job doing this interview with the country music songstress Donna Fargo and it's a great little feature but he's also got a link to where you can see the entire Q&A with Donna Fargo that Niles did that's at y'all.com right now so encourage you to check that article out plus We've got how to bring Southern charm to your neighborhood that's organizing a block party article. That's pretty cool stuff. Plus, ways to soothe discomfort naturally. So many helpful articles. And then, of course, at y'all.com, we have the Y'all Show posted right there each and every day that you can listen to in its entirety, the more than 600 episodes. All right here at y'all.com, the South's homepage. That wraps up our Thursday edition. We'll be back here Friday with new movies, Paul Hare, and more until we see you and hear from you. Y'all have a good rest of your day. Now back to some more beach music. What kind of fool do you think I am?